Welcome to the latest episode of our Business in Focus podcast. I'm Paul Lenadutsi, a director at PwC, and I'll be your host for this episode. Black Friday has become a significant event in the retail calendar over recent years. For many shopping mad Brits, it's considered the biggest opportunity of the year to bag a bargain, even overtaking the Boxing Day sales in recent years. So it's a big deal for retailers who use Black Friday to drive sales and clear excess stock. We're recording this episode on the 16th of November, roughly halfway through the second lockdown in England. And we'll be taking a look at how recent coronavirus restrictions have impacted consumer behaviour ahead of this year's Black Friday on the 27th of November. And we'll share practical tips to help businesses respond to these trends in the lead into the festive period and those all important Christmas sales. Today, I'm joined in our virtual studio by Lisa Hooker and Jack Windsor. Lisa is our leader of industry for consumer markets, and Jack is a consumer market strategy partner who focuses on the retail sector. Hi, both. Hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. Welcome. Well, it's great to have you both back here again. I've I've missed you both. Um, The last time we spoke was in July, believe it or not, when we recorded a podcast episode on consumer trends during the first lockdown. How have you both found it since then? Well, last time we spoke about how you respond to the pandemic and how businesses were reinventing themselves um, through embedding resilience, capitalising on accelerating consumer trends and integrating new business models. So I thought, how does this actually apply to me then? Well, for my own resilience, I've had to book time in my diary for lunch and exercise so that I don't find at the end of the day I've only done 500 steps. (laughs) In terms of trends, I am definitely buying more casual clothing and I've started my Christmas shopping so much more earlier because I'm worried about stockouts. And I'm using more subscription models to guarantee supply, especially for, say, my dog, where I now get monthly pet food. I think for me, I've been encouraged to experiment, I think, like many consumers, trying different business models, whether it is subscription, like Lisa said, for food, to live stream fitness classes, and even online GP consultations. And like many consumers, I suspect this will pretty uh, be pretty sticky, I think, going forward. I think all of these models will be a permanent part of how I think about shopping. I think Christmas will be super interesting. You know, what are we going to believe are appropriate gifts, you know, during a health pandemic? Thanks, both. That, that's that's really interesting. Um, uh, Lisa, just staying with you for a second. Um, in, in July, you told us about how consumer sentiment dropped as the first lockdown was announced and then climbed again as government packages were introduced and restrictions were lifted. So what's been the impact of this second lockdown on consumer behaviour? So let's start positive. Following a dip in consumer confidence in March, as we went into the first lockdown, it was great to see that confidence rallied and has been incredibly resilient given everything that has happened. And actually, by September, it was back at pre-pandemic levels. And what we found is that confidence is a good leading indicator on future spending. And we saw that actually retail sales went above last year since June. However, our recent survey in November shows that the measures to combat COVID-19 have had a significant impact on consumer confidence, with the sharpest fall since the start of the pandemic, although not quite as bad as at March when it was minus 27, as it's currently minus 10. 
and it is a decline that is consistent across all regions of the UK. But despite the turbulence this year, household finances remain robust and the majority of people still have money to spend. Also, looking back at our June survey, we saw how quickly consumer sentiment bounced back um, following the dip. So we think that now is not the time to panic, but instead hold your nerve. With recent good news, including the vaccine announcement, mass testing, and students being allowed home for Christmas, it all points to an uptick in confidence across the festive period and an increase in spending again as we edge near to Christmas, when hopefully non-essential retail will reopen. Fingers crossed. Thanks, Lisa. Jack, just turning to you then, people of all ages have been affected in very different ways by the lockdown. Has this had a knock-on impact on consumer confidence across different age groups then? Absolutely. I mean, I think Lisa said, you know, confidence is relatively robust, but there is a lot of noise around that average by age group. So just taking some of those cohorts in turn, you know, for the older generation, so those over 55, we've seen actually very little effect. I think that suggests that lockdown, tightened restrictions have barely affected the fortunes of that age group, and they have had to make little or no financial sacrifice. I think in contrast, those who are aged uh, between 45 and 55 are the most negative. I think this could suggest that these restrictions are affecting older families uh, more than others, and they are bearing the brunt of the impact of uh, lockdown. And then, of course, you have the younger people, most volatile group, but also, I think, historically, the most resilient. So, for example, after confidence collapsed in March, confidence recovered the fastest among those under 25. And I really see sentiment bouncing back in this group over Christmas as they respond positively to the better news about uh, potential vaccine, but also in a potential increase in casual jobs over the festive period. Thanks, Joe. That's, that's really interesting. Lisa, what does that mean for Black Friday this year then? Well, we regularly do research in October asking consumers about their spending intentions across the important Black Friday weekend or even month these days. And when we did this um, in October, and it was before the recent lockdowns, actually things were looking pretty promising. Black Friday spending was estimated to increase by 8% this year. That's from around 7.8 billion to 8.4 billion, with interesting being um, quite similar to prior years, where about half the people like or really like it and half are a little bit indifferent. But given the lockdown, we thought we would redo the survey at the beginning of November. And what this showed that there'd been a big drop in the interest and it dropped from about 51% of the people being keen or really keen to 38%. So this now implies that spending will go down 20% to around 6.2 billion when we compare to last year. If we think about it, these findings are probably not that surprising given the drop in consumer confidence that we have already discussed. Um, and in a similar vein, the decline is particularly acute amongst those under 25s, where we've seen the most volatility. But again, it is not all bad news, and it is a different picture if we just look at those people who are interested in taking part in Black Friday this year. These people who are interested expect to spend more as a result of the second lockdown. 
This could be because um, with leisure clothes and holidays cancelled, they are redirecting some of their four savings. Or also, they're probably bringing forward some Christmas spending. Also, our latest data now shows that the key range for retailers during Black Friday is a 25 to 44 year olds because the majority are interested in Black Friday and are the biggest spenders. Thanks, Lisa. Um, I have to confess, lockdown two has not been kind to me and I'm eyeing up some home sports equipment heading into this Black Friday. Jack, what does our research tell us about what other people will be buying this year? So I think electricals and technology still remains the top choice for every type of shopper. It is relatively less important than last year, even with some high tech launches, such as the iPhone 12 or the PlayStation 5. This could reflect that some purchases have been brought forward from Christmas due to the combination of remote working, homeschooling, and uh, in-home entertainment. I think where interest has increased is around practical gifting and pampering, whether that's for your children or for yourself in terms of health and beauty. I think, in fact, for women specifically, health and beauty is now expected to be a bigger spending category than fashion, which is not great news, of course, for many retailers on the high street. If you look at some other categories, homewares, um, less important this November, um, it did rebound in spending over the summer months as consumers obviously were investing in their safe havens. I think COVID restrictions could affect Christmas and limit in-home entertaining for uh, bigger groups. So I think consumers will have less of a reason to spend on home furnishings than previous year. And then the worst affected category, as I mentioned already, fashion. It is the only category of retail sales that have yet to recover. And it's still roughly 15% uh, down. Uh, versus pre-pandemic levels. And I think unfortunately, this is going to be a slow burn, particularly as we will need uh, work wear, even occasion wear, uh, less than we did in previous seasons. So I think the big question I think is, um, are consumers actually going to do what they intend and cut back on spending? And how is that going to affect all these categories during Black Friday? Thanks, Jack. It's gonna be really interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, now, because of lockdown, I do expect that there's going to be far more spending done online this year, continuing trends of recent years. Lisa, do you expect this to have a negative impact on retail businesses and stores? Well, Paul, you're absolutely right. There's going to be a lot more online activity this year. But this isn't as bad for retailers as you might think, particularly because the UK tends to spend more online than other countries when it comes to Black Friday. With most physical stores closed, consumers do expect to spend 88% of their spend on Black Friday online. But actually, last year they spent 77%, so not as different as you may think. What is quite surprising is that the greatest penetration of online spending is coming from the 45 to 64-year-olds at 93%. But it is important to remember that the retail sector has been amazingly resilient through so many shocks in recent years and is really good at pivoting to the opportunities in changing consumer trends. And the shift online is not news for them. Online shopping is a trend that we've seen growing throughout the year. In February, 20% of all retail sales were online. 
In May, it was at 34%. And despite a slight fall in September as non-essential shops reopened, online sales are increasing again following the second lockdown. And actually, the percentage they're at is a percentage that we didn't expect to see for four years. But it's not all good news. This is at least partly responsible for the record net loss in chain stores that have closed this year. And this big increase will pose logistical challenges for retailers and delivery companies already at capacity. So for retailers, being accurate on stock availability and delivery times will be really important to win customer confidence and your share of their wallet. Thanks, Lisa. Challenging times out there. Jack, how can businesses respond to these trends? So retailers definitely need to play in Black Friday as one of the key events in the retail calendar. Even with fewer people shopping, almost 40% of consumers are looking for a deal over the Black Friday period. Having said that, there are a number of ways that retailers can navigate Black Friday. Those include three things. One is around rebalancing multi-channel. Second is around optimizing the store portfolio. And third is about maximizing margin. So just quickly to bring those to life. So rebalancing multi-channel. So online clearly has accelerated during COVID. So retailers have to think about how they optimize the digital experience for customers. However, stores will still be important to manage the omni-channel experience. So for example, retailers will need to think about how they can manage click and collect, given that some 15% of shoppers will using this as a way to purchase from stores. Second is, with that store portfolio, how best to optimize it. I think more broadly on the high street, we've seen the largest single net contraction in store numbers, so net of store openings, in the first part of 2020. So how do you think about where the right number of locations and the right format within that portfolio that still serves the customer needs? And then finally, maximizing margin. I think we at PDBC have been long advocates of uh, avoiding what we would call blanket promotions. So thinking about coverage, how many categories and SKUs promotions cover, but also the depth of that discount for any of those SKUs. I love that, Jack. So rebalancing multi-channel, optimizing mm-hmm. store portfolios, maximizing margin. That's right, Paul. Three ways to navigate the Black Friday. Perfect. Thank you. So look, can each of you leave us now with just one reflection to close on? Jack, coming back to you. Paul, if I had to choose one word, I would call out innovation. I think we've seen that brands and retailers are pivoting their business models quite quickly to capitalize on some of the trends that we have called out. That could include enhancing their digital experience for customers. It could be reinforcing their purpose to customers, staff, and local communities alike. It could be about integrating new models like resale or indeed serving new channels like smaller marketplaces. So what I think will play out in the next couple of years is a real convergence within the retail sector, but also across other sectors, including media, technology, consumer finance. I think broadly, this will force us to reflect on whether some of our traditional industry labels, such as retail, are now going to be obsolete. And I think for me, actually building on what Jack said, it's been such a roller coaster of a year um, and it is great to see a light at the end of the tunnel, 
But one of the positives during the last six months is the spirit of collaboration and partnership seen across the sector, whether to get food to the vulnerable or give access to companies, you know, um, to the consumer where they actually are shut. I think there will be more collaboration across the value chain, whether to drive sales or share back office costs. And even, as Jack said, across different sectors. We've seen some great announcements in the last couple of weeks, such as Hotel Chocolate partnering with the Huck Group to launch direct-to-consumer in the US, Alibaba Group and Richemont investing over a billion in Farfetch's new Chinese marketplace to better access Asian customers, or Burberry partnering with Tencent's Honor of Kings, an online game with over 100 million daily users, even though I'd never heard of it, but it is designed to help them engage with younger customers where they are spending their time. So really worth thinking about how you engage with your consumer and where you collaborate, even with your competitors, as it could be a win-win for you both. Win-win, eh? I like the sound of that. Um, Jack, Lisa, thank you so much for sharing your insights today. It was really interesting, and I'm, I'm sorry that's all we've got time for today. Um, of course, thank you to you both and thanks to everyone out there listening to this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about the work we do with the retail sector, including our consumer sentiment research, please visit our website at www.pwc.co.uk forward slash retail dash consumer. That's all for now on this podcast. Thanks, everyone, and speak to you next time.